Welcome back to this new episode of Dodge Current Events. So as we jump right into our very first topic, I feel like this is an important topic because on some previous podcast we were talking about gun safety. And now we have a topic today that says Texas will let people carry handguns without getting background checks or training. Now, I think that was on my last podcast we were talking about how the mass shooting in Charleston maybe like a month ago happened. I was telling y'all that one of the people who were arrested for that shooting, I knew him personally. Now we have a topic today that says that a state is not requiring background checks or training to carry a handgun. That's a little suspect to me because if you notice more there are very lenient laws against guns. I feel like even now, I feel like they need to be stricter because anybody can really get a gun to have senseless murders happen. They said, Texas will now let people carry handguns without first getting a background check and training, becoming the latest and largest on the growing list of states to roll back permitting requirements for carrying guns in public. And their reasoning for this is because they say Texas is home to more than 29 million people. It is by far the most populous of the approximately 20 states that allow people to get carry a gun in public without a permit. Most of these have rolled back requirements in the last four years, according to Giffords Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence. Now, honestly, I feel like there should be a lot of steps on trying to get a gun and carry because if you don't get a background check you don't know this person background it could be dangerous you will never know that you're just letting them carry a gun just to carry which is absolutely outrageous to me so that basically means that criminals can get a gun let's say they were they were in jail for murder you know, somebody racked them out. They got locked up. Okay, they got out. Maybe like a decade later. You don't think people remember who racked them out, where they could find them if they're still in that same state. Easily go get a handgun, go back to find that person, and retaliate. These are the things that we need to be thinking about when we make these laws that they don't have to have background checks or the proper training. Hell, I feel like policemen need to be much quicker on who they let have guns because... Clearly, their training isn't working. Why is it that you need a gun to protect yourself? I honestly feel like if guns didn't exist, we would have been so much better off. Because it's just senseless murders with these guns. Like the police officers, first thing they do, pull out their guns and shoot you if you resist arrest or if they think they see something that they don't really see or if you're being too forceful with them. They don't use the taser, they don't use the baton, mace, they don't use none of that. Now, if the police doesn't do that, imagine what a regular person would do. They can, they can have their gun, they get into a fist fight with somebody or they want retaliation. Easily pull out their gun, shoot and kill a person. So me personally, I think Florida needs to rethink having people walking around carrying guns without having training and background checks. Some people don't even know how to use guns. They just want one just to want one. I know a couple people personally who have little handguns, but it's for protection. I know someone who has their gun on them 
well, in their car all the time. You don't see them whipping it out, flashing it out, having it on Snapchat, posing with it. No, because we have the proper training for that. It's not a game. Especially all these little babies who've been finding these guys and shooting their siblings or shooting themselves and killing them just because y'all have it laying around. So, And they say 20 states are having these rollback laws. So I can only imagine what this summer is about to be like with all these murders and these 20 states that are just letting their residents walk around with handguns without getting checked first. So personally on that subject... I feel like they need to rethink rethink that. Another quote by a Republican governor, Greg Abbott, says, There is a need for people to have a weapon to defend themselves in the Lone Star State. Yeah, I'm not saying that you can't defend yourself or be protected. But like I say, you get into a fistfight with somebody, you know you have your gun on them, you mad. Of course you're going to kill them or shoot them. You could be an ex-murderer, ex-con. Ex-cons don't need to have guns like that. Yeah, they need a second chance, but, like, if you went to jail for murder, then I vote for no. So I wish that all the states that were in the process of doing what Texas is doing, hope they rethink it and try to get better clarification on it or give the people better clarification. I still feel like they should just, you know, go back to process and having everybody get processed before they can get a gun because it's just gonna be crazy like i said i can just imagine how the summer is about to be my next topic so i saw this post on facebook it was like a a little story somebody posted a little story or whatever and the topic was um be hiv positive and getting tested so i'm going to share with you guys the story i don't remember verbatim but i'm just give you a little summary and then we'll talk about it so this woman, she was, I want to say 25, early 20s, was dealing with this man for quite some time. When they first met, you know, they talked about HIVs and STDs and stuff of that such. They went to go get tested together as the relationship progressed. She tested negative. He tested negative as well, or so she thought. So come to find out, you know, they're getting married. And they've been dating for, I want to say, maybe like five years, four years or so. So they've been dating for quite some time. Every time they were intimate with each other, they always used protection. So they're getting married. You know your wedding night, you're giving yourself to your husband. So she decided not to use protection because they were married that night. And on their wedding night, her husband gave her HIV. He had it. This was like in 2007. She later discovered that he had HIV since 2002. He didn't tell her he was still sleeping with other women and men, possibly, and he gave it to her on their wedding night. But the the crazy thing is his mom, before they got married, told her to, you know, backtrack to that subject of HIVs, ask him. That would have been my first red flag, because why is your mother telling me to backtrack to ask you about your test results? So that would have been flag, red flag number one. Number two is... I don't know if he had a faulty test or not, but I want I want to be able to see the results. I don't want you to just tell me, oh yeah, mine's just negative as well. I want to be able to see it. So that's two things right there that threw me off of this story. But the crazy thing is, he was spreading it to so much people. You know, you could go to jail for that knowingly giving someone HIV, knowing you had it. So I think I want to believe that he's locked up, but 
she has to live with this for the rest of her life. My whole thing is with this subject. It's it's a touchy subject. Most people don't want to talk about it. Most people don't ever go get tested before you know they be intimate with a partner. But there are tools that are available to prevent HIVs. And if we use these tools, such as getting tested, condoms, pre-exposure, PrEP, and treatment, we could protect ourselves and others. I feel like, okay, I remember when we was like 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. At my middle school, we used to have like um, a little section in our coaching group. So it was like basically like before we started class, we would go to coaching for like 45 minutes. And when we was in middle school, our coaching had a sex education little part, um, like section couple weeks and I used to be like nobody wants to learn about this stuff it's gross nobody want to see these pictures I don't care I'm never going to catch any of those things but now as you grow up you think okay people have stuff like this and then knowingly have sex with you and give it to you knowingly just because they're sick and wicked so I feel like this is a topic that a lot of couples friends family members need to have with people because it's spreading and how do we stop it from spreading anytime you be intimate with somebody you need to get tested before and after honestly you need to take these primary steps to bettering your health as well as your partners because sometimes people don't know they have it but majority of the time i'm pretty sure you would know Just like getting these other STIs and STDs. Some of those things are treatable and some of them are not. Sometimes you have to keep those things for the rest of your life. So like I said, you need to be more aware of the person that you're sleeping with. If you have multiple partners or just get tested. The HIV stigma is a negative attitude and beliefs have negative attitudes and beliefs about people with HIVs. Sometimes people catch it, you know, because they have multiple partners, like they sleep around with a lot of people unprotectedly, but some people in that case of that Facebook story, she didn't know. When we support people with HIVs and make them and make it easier for them to lead healthier lives. If you if I know you support me, I'm gonna live free. Not hide myself, not not want to go out, not want to talk to people. But the thing about that is, before you do anything with them, be straightforward about your diagnosis, what you have going on. And that gives them the option to want to know, want to stay or go. If we stop HIV together, it highlights a role in each person playing, it highlights a role in each person playing a part is helping stop it. It gives the voice to people living with it as well as their friends and family. So, basically, that whole topic right there is practice safe sex, honestly. I feel like, like I said, when I was in middle school, we didn't really take that topic seriously because, like, it's like, damn, we, like, 12, 13. Nobody really, well, I know I wasn't really thinking about having sex at that age or whatever, Honestly, I didn't even like kissing at that age. So, but people are different. People are having babies at 14. So you had to start somewhere. But the thing is just practice safe sex. Be safe so you can live a healthy life. 
All right, on to our next topic. This topic was so crazy to me. I was scrolling on Facebook, and I saw it. So I think it was like a live five alert on Facebook. So I clicked on it because I had the app. I get the updates, and I read the article. So a condo in Miami collapse. When, when you think of that, I think I was at work, and I was like, dang, like, just imagine. Honestly, I thought about 9-11. When the planes crashed and those tall buildings and everything just came coming down. And that's scary. Because I think I think it had many levels to this condo. Like, it wasn't like the two-story, three-story building. I think it was like 12, maybe. Don't quote me on that. But just imagine 12 floors crashing down. I think it was just like one side of the building, not the whole building. But at least 159 people remain missing after the residential building partially collapsed in Surfside, Florida. Um, search and rescue rescue teams are racing to find survivors. And I read in an article that you could hear the people yelling for help under the rubble. That oh, that broke my heart. To know that somebody is getting crushed by building pieces and you can't do anything to help them. Or you trying to grasp for air or fight your way out of stuff being piled on top of you. was so sad. So far, they had confirmed... Four people dead, and they don't know what caused the building to collapse. But in another article that I read, it said that the building had cracks and dents and stuff in them. So, you know, you can't leave things like that unattended for a long period of time. And I think that was like maybe two years ago when they reported that the building was like basically falling apart slowly. You have to act on that fast. And that probably led to the building collapsing. Out. When I first knew about those cracks, I would have tried my best to and act fast on getting it fixed to prevent something like this. It's just so sad and that's crazy. Like I said, they said they heard people yelling from under the rubble, and I just thought about nine eleven because I remember in school watching those little videos. And I remember, like, the tri- Triangle Shirtwaist Company when, like, it caught on fire. People would jump into their death because they didn't want to burn. So just imagine having to choose to die from smoke or getting burned to death or jumping out of a six-story window to your death. But hopefully, um, you know, they find those 159 people. I want to say we need to find them alive, but odds are most of them won't be. That's sad to say. Our next topic is something that I love talking about just simply because you've seen it more and more with our black people today. Natural hair and in professional positions. So when I first locked my hair, I'm going on almost three years locked and it's amazing. I wouldn't trade my locks for the world. But when I first, I went natural first. I was natural for about a year. Cut all my permed ends off. Had an afro for a while. Then I ended up locking my hair. But with that afro, when I first went natural, and I was already in college, and people were saying, you know, news reporters are normally, like, hair is relaxed. So how will you be in that position with natural hair? The man says, I'm going to just be in that position with my hair like this. That was with my afro. 
No one should hair grow out. You could put it in like a ponytail or style it differently. But now that I've locked my hair, I've heard so many negative things about natural hair on TV. And what's so crazy is one of my sorors, she's currently a news reporter here, works for Channel 4, and she has sister locks. And the way that she styles her hair is amazing. But my whole thing is, you know, with regular locks, is is different because you can have different size, stuff like that. Sister locks are kind of small, so it's easier to style, I feel, those than it is regular dreads. And my locks are thick. So, and sometimes, you know, you don't always keep up. Well, not me personally. I don't leave my styles in for long, but I try my best, but it just doesn't work out like that. So, I usually get a retwist every two months. So as of right now, I have my hair in a regular ponytail, and my new growth is screaming. But people be like, you know, you can't go on TV like that. I feel like, yes, you have to be presentable, but your hair defines you. So however I want to wear my hair, that's how I want to wear my hair. Just like I remember this article when this um senior, they denied him graduation because he had dreadlocks. They wanted him to cut his hair or he couldn't walk. And that was I think I can't remember what state that was, but it made national news. And the thing is, like, you can't tell people how to wear their hair. And that's coming uh, a more and more popular thing. I know they made the Crown Act. I I don't know what states those are in, but you cannot deny people a job based on how they have their hair. If white people can wear their hair however they want, us black people can wear our hair however we want as well. As long as we dress it up. Be professional with it. If I want to be a news reporter, I already know I can't go on TV with my hair just wilding. Of course, I'm going to, you know, clean it up a little bit. But like I said, my locks define me, and I don't plan on cutting them for nobody until I'm ready to. And I feel like that should always be with everybody and whatever field they want to go on. If you want to be a lawyer with dreadlocks, be a lawyer with dreadlocks. If you want to be a nurse with natural poofy hair be a nurse with natural poofy hair your hair defines you if a white person wants to get dreadlocks they can do that as well but i'm pretty sure i'm almost positive they'll get a job with their dreadlocks before we get a job with ours and it shouldn't be that way so i'm encouraging everybody wear your hair how you want if you want to have relaxed hair relax your hair if you want to be natural be natural your hair defines you And that's exactly why. And another thing, I colored the tips of my hair blue. They were purple at first, but then I just recently changed them to blue. People are like, oh, you can't go on TV with colored hair. Like, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. My hair defines me. This is how I want people to perceive me. So if I want blue hair and want to be a news reporter, I'm going to wear my blue hair and also be a news reporter. I encourage everybody to stand by what they how they want their hair, and there are going to be people who judge you based on your hair. Oh, you know, that girl, black girl with the nappy hair um, probably doesn't have a good living condition. Prove them otherwise. Just let those negative comments motivate you to do what you do best. All right, and lastly, for our last episode today, I mean, excuse me, our last topic today. I want to talk about how Biden signed a bill into making Juneteenth a national holiday. So if you don't know, Juneteenth 
is a federal holiday in the United States commemorating the emancipation of African-American slaves. It is also often observed for celebrating African-American culture. Originated in Galveston, Texas, it has been celebrated annually on June 19th in various parts of the United States since 1865. That's what Juneteenth is. Every year, June 19th, celebrating African Americans, basically, in a nutshell. So, President Joe Biden said that signing legislation into law on Thursday, establishing June 19th as a Juneteenth, as Juneteenth National Independence, Independence Day, a United States federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States, and it will go down as one of the greatest honors in his of his presidency. Last year was the year that I really went hard for June 19th. You know, we always thought of, you know, July 4th as, you know, our be free day. But actually, it didn't happen until years after on June 19th. So what I did, like I heard about it, but you know, like sometimes you don't really get it good, like, be attentive to stuff until it's really interesting, and last year became interesting. We weren't supposed to celebrate July 4th last year, then we ended up doing it. You know, everybody made a big deal about Juneteenth. Juneteenth came, everybody supported it, but then July 4th came around, and everybody supported that as well. So this year, it was my priority to go harder for June 19th because not a lot of people know the history of it. I saw this meme on Facebook, and it was like, my child, 20 years from now, in history class, the teacher is telling them something, and my child is actually explaining what happened. So 20 years from now, of course, they're going to be like, oh, they're going to have COVID-19 in their history books. Well, might. And so I feel like us as black parents need to educate our kids so that they don't be brainwashed by what the textbooks are telling them, just like with July 4th, you know, everybody thought, oh, we were freed on July 4th, and that really wasn't the case, and we install our beliefs and the knowledge that we are learning as adults, because we're still learning on our children, they will already know, so they can share that news with their children early, so it wouldn't be a mishap of, oh, I've been celebrating July 4th since I was, you know, little up until I'm 23, then all along, I should have been celebrating June 19th. Spread the news. Spread the gospel. Let everyone know. I feel like that's what we should start doing. Educating the youth on black history. Because the white man can't tell us about our history. Only we know what we went through. Just like how we're still at a race war right now. It's, it's, history is repeating itself. It's just... A different decade, different year, different age group. It's just the same. It's just a different generation, basically. But I'm also glad that they made that a national holiday. It's been a long time coming, I feel like. And, you know, I always rooted for Joe Biden. I know he was going to help us black people shine. Look at his vice president. Well, I know how hard I go for them, too. Um... But yeah, these topics were very interesting today. Um, yeah, especially that one topic on, you know, HIVs and testing and stuff like that. 
I, I encourage you to do research on it and look up free testing sites, share the news with people. It don't necessarily have to be people who have it, people who don't have it, people who are casually dating, you know, just share the news, share with anybody because you can always help someone have a better, healthier life. I just want to appreciate y'all for tuning into Dodge Current Events and catch me next week with a brand new episode. Thank you.